Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. It's a Guy Jeans podcast. This episode is brought to you by GoldCo.com. Go to GoldCo.com slash guy to check it out and receive a great deal. Go to GoldCo.com slash guy. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the podcast. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, thanks for supporting the show. Um, my guest today is Michael D. from Lunkerville. Um, if you guys have never seen his show, you know, check it out on Waypoint TV. Um, it's on Prime. It's uh, it's a really great show where he goes fishing with just everyday people. Um, he claims to not be an expert, but his show, um, he just goes to all over the place. He goes to Hawaii, New York. He fishes in uh, Central Park um, to all the way to wherever. And he just uh, has a great time doing it. Um, his, the way he does his videos is really, really cool. Um, he comes from that film industry, so the way he presents uh, the show and himself is uh, makes you want to go out into the outdoors, put it that way. But we also talk about uh, his uh, venture of being a frontman for uh, a Doors uh, tribute band, cover band, um, two of them actually. And then he's also got a, a new venture uh, into cannabis and uh, helping uh, addicts with uh, cannabis and that sort of thing. We talk about that. So without further ado, Mr. Michael D. from Lunkerville. Right on. Mike, how you doing? Guy, what's happening? Thanks for having me. Oh, man. Uh, super stoked to have you on my podcast. Um, we got so much to talk about. Um, I wanted to kind of set the vibe of uh your show lunkerville um I'm, I'm of course super impressed but i'm i'm super honored to have you on my show um you being a filmmaker um and also the host of the show it's pretty awesome um but the vibe of the show is so i don't know how to describe it i know you're a filmmaker and your show comes across as like really easy to to watch it's super it's got humor in it um it's 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 warm it you you fish with all these different um types of people um on your show and it's just a fun show it just has this really like it just draws you in and um so for folks that are listening right now um i have mike d from lunkerville the show and um you know mike d why don't you uh, kind of let us hey. know what you're doing man <laughs> what's up guys yes hey guy <laughs> Guys and guy, thanks yep. for having me. Uh, yeah. And gals. Yeah, I'll just tell you a little bit about the show for people who don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's called Lunkerville. I'm the host, Mike D, but I'm not the expert. That's kind of the hook, and that's what makes it interesting. Uh, I started the show 20 years ago after 9-11 when I discovered fishing. That's when I started fishing in Central Park 
to de-stress after 9-11. I was there yeah. in downtown Manhattan when it all went down. You oh. know, I could see the Trade Center from my apartment window. It, it just was very traumatic, man. And oh. I, I'd been thinking about getting into fishing again because uh, I'd done a little bit when I was a kid and just something drew me to Central Park Mm -hmm. the fish and i caught started catching bass and i brought a cameraman up there with me because i have a production company at the time had a production company and uh he just filmed me fishing and i had this crazy idea what if i were the host of the show of a show a fishing show but i didn't know how to fish but people <laughs> took me to their secret spots yeah. they invited me to their special secret spots took me on their boat. I use their equipment. And, you know, I just asked some questions and I learned how to fish. Now, of course, I would become an expert eventually, but I just stayed with that, that stick and it is a great formula. And that's what makes it genuine because my guest is always different. Mm -hmm. It can be anyone. They probably, they look like you or your neighbor. Uh, you can be on the show. Anybody can be on the show. And it's just, uh, there's always the challenge and conflict of catching fish. Yeah. That's built in. So there's there, there's that drama. I'm not selling anything. That's another thing. Mm -hmm. I, I'm never hawking sponsor stuff. Now, I have sponsors, but they're hard to come by, and they're more lifestyle sponsors. So it's more like be a partner with me, but I'm not going to like say, hey, I'm like, you've got the best fishing pole ever. you know? Yeah. I'm like, Let, I'll use your stuff, and people will buy it because they want to use your brand so that's been my my deal and it's worked for about 20 years so far media is changing so much i mean television is you mm -hmm. know people don't watch fishing on television much anymore it's social media so i've transitioned into that mm -hmm. mostly now so yeah that's kind of my story it, you know that's just one thing that i do one project that i started i never expected to do it for 20 years uh I mean, I could, I could do a whole show on just talking about how I got started, but in general, it was kind of just a fluke. Yeah, it's it's a super fun show. I mean, I I watched one of the episodes where you're in Hawaii fishing for smallmouth mm -hmm. bass. Who knew that, right? Like, who, who knew that there was smallmouth bass in, in Hawaii? You can catch fish anywhere. That's the yeah. thing that I try to do on the show. I try to show you that you can, it's really easy to do. You don't need a bass boat. You don't, yeah. I mean, you need 20 bucks, really. Yeah. get a combo and some worms or some bait and you just have to fish where the fish are and with somebody who's fished there before you know you just got to know a few there's just a few things you have to do like yeah. you go to my tiktok channel you just spend five minutes there and you can find you know enough you can educate yourself enough to go fishing and yeah that's, that's you just need to know certain things like where do i go you know what's a seasonal pattern you know, what lures are they using? Uh, go to your local bait shop. You know, they'll tell you where to fish. It's not hard. I like it how in your, I think it's your intro, that you talk about how fishing is healing, you know, and it's how good it is for you to go fishing and get out there with your, your friends or your family and how you can create memories. I love that whole uh, spiel that you did um, on your episode, you know. Um, is that is that on every show that you do that well i forget what you're referring to maybe the intro kind of i referred to that there's a there's a voiceover that kind yeah. of talks about what lunkville is about 
I mean, I just yeah. try to show as many situations where fishing, where you could be recreational fishing. A lot of times it's a family situation. Like yeah. for a hundred bucks, you can equip a whole family, go out fishing and just, I just want to show how easy and fun it is. You don't have to catch bass. You can catch sunfish. It's just accessible. And it's important to be outdoors yes. more than ever. You got to get people outdoors. And, uh, you got to get the kids out there. They just have to connect a little bit and have calm and pause and yeah. time to reflect and not be in front of device. And yeah. even if they, they have a device, they're out of service. It just has to happen. I'm from the last generation. So I'm Gen X and I'm yeah. from the last gen. Are you Gen X too? Or yes. are you Gen? Yeah. So we're the last generation that grew up without computers, without internet. Like yeah. I didn't have a computer until after college. Right. Okay. I, even after college, it started with a beeper. Yes. And then cell phone was until later, man. So, and that was, and now I can look back and it's like, wow, kids will never have that. Yeah. Like we had to figure out what to do. And you went outdoors and you did shit outdoors. So, yeah. uh, can I curse on this show or you? Yeah, no, no problem. No, okay. no, no problem. Uh, so, you know, it's, I, I think that's kind of my mission to get folks fishing. I also have a, a nonprofit that I'm trying to, I've been trying to get going to get more fishing poles in kids' hands and in nice. adults' hands, you know, and yeah. just show them how easy it is. So, uh, yeah. That's cool. That's what I'm doing with fishing, getting folks fishing. I want to talk about how you go about making an episode, if that's okay. Do you, yeah. do you, I mean, you're, you're super accomplished in, you know, reading your bio and everything you're, you're directing, producing, editing, doing everything basically. And so when you go, you find a, a an area to go to, or you're going to go see somebody is, is that you contacting them going, Hey, I'm going to, I want to come do a show with you. And you write, you write a script and it's all written out and you have all the shots all ready to go. Or are you kind of just winging it as you go? Yeah. Yeah. None of that. I wing it and, and they come to me. <laughs> yeah. They come to me. Okay. I rarely find them. I, you know, I have a list of people. Uh -huh. Some people on the list go from year one. Yeah. So that I, I've caught that I've been in touch with them. Like, Oh, they would be a good guest. And then sometimes I'll, have a guest on where I met a week prior or something and I just happened to be shooting. I have yeah. my cameraman with me and we're shooting something. I'm like, Oh man, let's go shoot. So it's really about each season mm -hmm. being, uh, uh, all different types of people. I want to represent everyone, you know, from all different lifestyles, Love it. classes, you know? Yeah. And, uh, just so there's somebody familiar, you know, and then, I want to know as little about the person as possible before I meet them, before nice. I fish. I barely talk to them on the phone. I don't interview them. I don't tell them anything. I say, listen, I'm coming with a cameraman. I'm not even coming with any tackle. I'm using your tackle. And nice. that's, that's part of the show. That's part of it. That's why I don't have a lot of tackle sponsors because yeah. I use other people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's okay. Yeah, uh, and and so that makes it interesting, and they become the expert. They know their stuff. They're on their boat. They're in their honey hole. They're always nervous at first because sure. they usually have never been on camera. I yeah. haven't talked to them before. They've seen the show, probably. You know, either they mm -hmm. know the show for years, or they just you know they've seen the show right before they filmed. And but you know what? That nervousness goes away. 
mm-hmm. once we just start talking and catching fish and then the challenge is catching fish it's always the challenge catching fish you know yeah. when we catch fish right off the bat and right and mm-hmm. and left yeah. that's the boring show that's the show i don't want i want a challenge because if we're catching fish constantly it's boring it's not a challenge i'm not talking to the person you know they're not talking to me well look at how fun this is it's not fun for the audience to watch you know let us have a struggle which we always do you see the guest kind of getting nervous we're switching up the baits just like you would do out, out on the water and the guest figures it out the guest always figures it out always and i make it a little more dramatic in the edit i use my skills as a documentarian as a as a narrative yeah. filmmaker to put in some music and just have fun with it to make it dramatic and yeah and make it and then put in the tips and stuff and just make it more about the day and that person and let mm-hmm. the story unfold i mean you know so we have the the natural drama of the catching fish but there's drama of the person too yeah. you know sometimes they're really shy sometimes they're really outgoing i don't know there's never a bad guest so yeah. i just want somebody different I love that's what makes it interesting. I love I love the outlook on it mm-hmm. on it. It's so it's so great. I love the the uh like there's one scene where you you go into like a convenience store and you go in there with your your uh, rods, you know, and and then there's a cat uh, there. And there's a cat there on the floor, you, uh, know? <laughs> you know, like that kind that's of stuff my is cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That uh Mon Fong, that's my neighborhood in Manhattan right around the corner and Found I know them. Uh huh. It's a family, and they own a little. Uh huh. I don't think they call them the Chinese bodegas, but if I was Dominican, it would be a bodega. But they're uh-huh. Chinese, and it's called just a little Chinese grocery. Uh-huh. And I go in there to get my water and stuff before fishing, and yeah. say hi to the cat and the <laughs> grandmother, and it's just you know they don't speak any English, oh, not yeah. a word. They just say fishing, fishing, and I go, yep, going yep. fishing in such a park. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Who? And I've been in that neighborhood for thirty years. <laughs> wow, is that is that yeah. is that hustle and bustle? Like it, it's just like the energy. I've never been to New York, and so like mm-hmm. what I picture it is just like this high energy. Where you step out, like you probably step out of your apartment. It's just like go. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you know, I travel a lot, and I'm not uh-huh. there as much as I used to be. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh-huh. I like the country better. You know, yeah. I like quiet but uh, you know it's, it's city's cool too you know it's uh-huh. just a different energy here and uh, you know i have my friends it's like anywhere you get to know people in the sure. neighborhood and yeah and you just become familiar with it but you know nowadays actually the city manhattan in particular is mostly tourists everywhere so mm-hmm. it's very crowded and noisy so it's kind of annoying <laughs> for the locals you know <laughs> we're back in the day it was less, you know, less, I don't know. The, the, the tourists went to certain areas. Yeah. So. so there's a voice that you use, you know, for your intro and stuff. That guy's voice is awesome, man. Who is that? Oh, uh, that is, oh, what's his name? His name is, oh, man, I got to think of it. If I can't think of it, I'll, I'll send it to you. No, no, no oh, worries. His I, name, just, I just thought that the, the, his the voice voiceover was, guy. Yeah. His, his name's Bob. Bob something I recorded that ye- 20 years ago. Oh, you did? I still use it. I still use it. Oh I had my a session God. with him 20 years ago and I still use the same cuts from that. What a voice. Huh? That's I like I like that to be consistent, you know, the consistency of it. I mean, it's a simple show. It's a low budget show. Yeah. And the only reason I could have 
done it and still do it is because I'm already in the business and I, mm -hmm. the production was really cheap and mm -hmm. I got on television quickly a long time ago and mm -hmm. I made, you know, I have networks that will air it. So yeah. it doesn't cost me a lot. Uh -huh. So I don't need a lot of sponsors, but you know, fishing shows in general, let's be frank, are, are infomercials. They're just yeah. infomercials for industry and that you pay for programming and you sell tackle and that's just how they were invented. Yeah. And that's cool. I saw that as an opportunity to be on television and tell little documentary stories using that format. Mm -hmm. Luckily, I, I had a lot of success right off the bat and I never really had to, you know, pay for that, you know, to pay on, be on TV. Like it was the show was wanted, you know, that it was in demand. It's a funny business. Yeah. Uh, media. So now that's all history. Now everybody's in social media. Yeah. If you, if you, if you're a fishing pro, uh, and you want to yep. start a TV show, forget it. You're wanting, you want to start a TikTok channel, you <laughs> start an Instagram, YouTube. That's what you want because that's what people are watching. Yeah. You know, and, Crazy. and then, yeah, you'll, you could do a half hour show and, and put it on TV, you mm -hmm. know, too, because they need content if you can. Yeah. But but the advertisers want social media and they want podcasts like yours. Yeah. So do you do everything? Like uh, you have a cameraman, I heard you say. And then after you guys yeah. get, all, get all the footage, do you go back to your pad and you start like. Yeah, I edit editing? it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Definitely, man. I do everything. It's yeah. low budget. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and the thing is, is in my company. So I'm a film school graduate and I did a couple low budget independent feature films, which I directed, yeah. but I'm also a cinematography, uh, a cinematographer. I was a cinematographer major. Uh huh. And I, uh, did a lot of shooting for my company for 25 years, a lot of fashion work and stuff. So I yeah. did a lot of shooting myself, but Lunkerville, I didn't shoot obviously because I was on camera, mm -hmm. but now I don't really, no, I'm not shooting much anymore. Not much in the fashion business. Doing yeah. Lunkerville. You're just doing Got some other things going on. Are you, and yeah, I want to talk about those as well. Um, obviously, um, you're you know an entertainer because um, what I'm about to go into now is you fronted a, a Doors cover band. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, two of them actually. Two of them. So <laughs> well, tell me you know about what? that. It's, Okay, so the first one was in my 20s. Uh -huh. So I'm how old am I now? 58 now. Uh -huh. So the first one was in my 20s coming at, let's see, where was I? I was coming out of college. Uh -huh. God, I don't know. Oh, it was the Village Voice. So that's that was the paper that went around. And I'm in the back, flipping around the music, music section. And I saw an ad, you know, Doors Band looking for a singer. And, you know, I was at some for some reason, I guess in high school, I really loved the doors. I knew all the songs. Yeah, me too. And I just, you too. So I just auditioned for it and I got it. And we, you know, I was in that band for like a year maybe. And it was a lot of fun and it was uh -huh. cool. We gigged out at the village gate and, uh, where else did village gate a couple times. We didn't really gig that much in that band. It was kind of weird, but anyway, that band broke up. But about 20 years later, about 10 years ago, another one, same, almost same thing happened. I joined an existing band that lost their singer. I'm like, yeah, what the hell? Let's do it. It's fun. 
Yeah, I bet. <laughs> it's all it's like a glorified karaoke, really. But it's, yeah. if you're good, you got and you you can see some of the stuff on YouTube and oh really a few other places. Yeah. So yeah. did you wear Blue the leather? Sunday. Did you wear the leather, oh, yeah, pants, leather pants and everything? Everything, man. We played. <laughs> nice. we, we played. We were like a regular at uh, um, at uh, which is the one at why uh, oh, can't I think of it right now? Um, one of the clubs up there. The, the club down in, in the village that, uh, not the village gate. That was the first one. I'll think of it in a minute. Yeah. So what about like, um, what about like your keyboard player? Did he play, did it, was it pretty authentic? Like, you know, what Ray Manzarek was playing and stuff like, like, was he playing the bass? So or did you guys he, have a bass player? Yeah, no, we got a bass player. Okay. We got a bass player. We cheated a little bit. Uh-huh. We didn't do the full on show. I was the only one who, I wore the leather pants and did the whole it's pretty easy to be gin. You just got to get the voice down. Yeah, yeah. So I think I did a pretty good job. Uh-huh. And, uh, oh, Cafe Wa. That's the place. Cafe okay. Wa is where we, we play regularly. Uh-huh. And uh, that was pretty cool. And then a bunch of places on Long Island. That band's called Blue Sunday. Okay. The Doors Experience. So there's some stuff floating around. Uh-huh, okay. On the internet. <laughs> that's cool. I yeah, see but it's a, it's a blast, man. It's so glass. I I recommend it to anybody for your mental health and just have a good time. You know, join a cover band if you can. If you're a musician or a singer, if you're good, you know. Let's go fun. back. Let's go back to when you auditioned. How did? Can you remember that experience? Like walking into the room and, uh, and, and what did you, you do? The like, first one. The first one. I don't really remember. I think uh-huh. it was, they drew me in my apartment and they were pretty young. I don't remember. The second one I do very much. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. it was at Steve's house in Long Island. I had to take the train out from Long Island. Long Island. Uh huh. And just that was a little stretch. Like, wow, we were going out to Long Island like an hour rehearsing, but ah, I was into it. It just sounded like a good time. And, uh, yeah. you know, they had already were established somewhat and we could get some gigs. And I'm like, hey, the worst thing is we go play a couple stupid gigs and, you know, it's fun. We have uh, fun for rehearsing and stuff. Yeah. So I went and we just, I knew all the songs. Yeah, so yeah. I <laughs> forget what, yeah, I forget what song they said to play but i uh maybe it was i, I have no idea but i uh-huh. nailed it they're like you're hired and let's do it so we didn't really have to rehearse much because i knew the songs and they knew the songs and we just played the the recordings you know you want there was no real interpretation and we weren't going crazy yeah but we got a good reputation a little following there so and, and it's documented so that's so cool <laughs> and now i can do a mean karaoke but i try i'm it's not as fun doing doors so i'm kind of sick of doing that uh-huh well I, any I, classic rock works for me check this out man so i'm i'm in uh california at a, going to a wedding and um i'm at uh my girlfriend's friend's wedding at, at uh, a big hotel and so you know how they have those different banquet rooms you know big giant banquet rooms at these big hotels you know and so mm-hmm. I told my girlfriend, Hey, I'm going to go to the, the restroom and, uh, I'll be back in a few. And so I, I go out the big banquet room and I start walking down and I start hearing this music. It sounds like it's the, the doors. Right. And so I'm like, wow, that's interesting. So I opened up the door and it's a full on another wedding and it's all dark in there and they have a stage going and everything. And so I'm going to kind of sneak crash this wedding and see what's going on. <laughs> And so I go. Was it a Doors cover band? No, it was the Doors minus Jim Morrison. 
And so, oh, really? Yeah. So oh, I, but with another singer. With another singer, um, Vince Neil. Uh, Vince Neil was singing. Oh, wow. From, That's so from, funny because they did tour for a while with different singers. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, my, you know, because I'm a, I'm a keyboard player. He must have been horrible. <laughs> so it was like it was like a big like hollywood um wedding or something producer guy or something and he had the, this band playing so you know here's my you know idol uh keyboard player ray manzarek playing keyboards and i'm standing like right by him going oh my gosh you know so that was pretty so cool you're a keyboard player yeah i'm a keyboard player and a uh, piano player and i and i front a band as well um oh cool man it, it's kind of like a ska reggae band out out here in california oh really awesome awesome yeah. i love reggae yeah we're, yeah you know uh, i i don't really consider myself a musician i you know like i said glorified karaoke but i do enjoy it i enjoy yeah. it you know when i was in the band it was a little weird because i didn't play an instrument and uh-huh. i don't know but uh cover bands are cool they're fun absolutely um, it's so fun it's just fun to get up there and have fun you know yeah yeah <laughs> you know it's like just doing something different and um <clears throat> so you're pl- do you do the the, the ray man's eric with the bass on the one hand i did for i did in some other like cover bands and stuff but um oh, nice. i um my i have a full like horn section and stuff with my band and um we play more like kind of like ska stuff you know like the the specials and the english beat and stuff oh you know, great bands man. like that love you know? that yeah that yeah old, that old 80s stuff we grew up with man <laughs> oh yeah man cool yeah i love that stuff well obvi- i'm big into reggae oh are you really oh awesome yeah i um i'm so you basically have been in kind of like you know film and entertainment you're kind of a you know this guy who likes to tell stories through filmmaking and and uh you know you're just kind of an artistic guy obviously so your next venture that i want to talk about is this cannabis venture what's that all about mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so that's yes yeah, so to some it's controversial it'll be more mainstream now um well for several reasons how did it come about i mean i can i can get pretty personal here i will yeah yeah no you know, all good okay i don't mind talking about it yeah. i'm actually doing a documentary a wellness documentary i've been working on Oh, very cool. Um, uh, it's, I'm mostly interested in cannabis for uh, recovery from addiction. Oh, nice. From uh, alcohol or opiates. I was addicted to alcohol for uh-huh. quite a while, and cannabis helped me kick it. Oh, nice. And it just really did. And I've seen it help a lot of other addicts. And, you know, I'm not ashamed to say that sure. I was, you know, had a problem and uh, I dealt with it. Yeah. And, there's you know cannabis has been around for a long time it's there's been such a stigma for so long and the funny thing with my experience and everybody's experience is different i i was a regular user when i was younger sure through college and until i started uh lunkerville actually around that time after 9 11 uh-huh. Right around, and I, there was I was like, okay, you know what? Since I'm starting the show, I'm gonna be on TV. I can't be all stoned, you know. I'm like, I'm gonna just quit. <laughs> finally, quit smoking pot. Uh-huh. I'm just gonna finally quit smoking pot, you know. Because uh-huh. <laughs> it, it was, it was a real stigma. You're a similar age. It just you yeah. can't. Like I had so many friends who didn't smoke, and it just was like a bad thing but alcohol right. no i know you know that? so what happened was is i did I, it was right around that time like 
early 2000s. And I guess steadily, I, I, my alcohol use increased, mm-hmm. you know, over time, over the decades. And it became, you know, an addictive situation. It became uh, very unhealthy, extremely unhealthy. I wasn't smoking any cannabis using it all. Uh-huh. And to make a long story short, you know, I got out of that through rehab and all plural rehabs. Yeah. And I was able to be functional fine. And it was didn't really affect you know, well it it people didn't know it know about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people who are addicts. Uh but you know, with alcohol it's different. It gets you know, I mean it's just too accepted yeah. everywhere. So and it's very hard to stop, you know. So I I right around when I quit. cannabis became legal in new york medically uh-huh. and i got prescribed it for anxiety or no back pain and was at that time or something because uh-huh. i wanted to try it and it really helped it really helped and i you know never you know it's been probably six years almost since then wow and it's really helped me a lot and i've seen it help a lot of other people psychedelics too um, uh-huh. for PTSD yeah. and you know, just, there's a lot, it's all, all the truth and all the, the science is coming, you know, forward now. And I want to be part of it. Um, you know, and I've, I've seen in my reflective state as a sober person going through recovery with, you know, cannabis theory, I've been able to reflect on myself as an addict and over time, and circumstances as a young man evolving into an, an older man. And I see that I was using cannabis as some sort of therapy mm-hmm. and I substituted alcohol for it. Mm. It's probably some sort of anxiety or ADD therapy. And, but the problem with alcohol is that you have to continue to keep using it. It's highly addictive and has all sorts of negative yeah. Uh, consequences so this is this serious stuff you know this is my experience and i i know that other people have had very had very similar experiences because i've talked to a lot of people about this sure and it's just you need people like anybody just to come and publicly share their experience and say it's okay you know it's not okay for everyone it's not that easy either i mean you know cannabis can be abused like anything it's a substance mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. you can become intoxicated i'm talking about therapy i'm talking about you know using uh you know not using uh opiates and not using alcohol if you have a problem that's the number one thing you have to stop using it. that helps you if cannabis helps you definitely try it definitely try it don't listen to whatever there isn't one thing it's not like aa is everything yeah you know, everybody's different. <laughs> AA, Alcoholics Anonymous has one thing. The number one rule is you, wa- you have to want to quit drinking. And that's it. All the other ones you can just, you, you don't even need to follow. Yeah. Because if you don't want to follow number one, forget it. I have a question so, uh, in, in when it involves the different types of cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I walked in to, the first time was years ago, but I walked into a... Um, you know, a uh, cannabis store, um, dispensary, and I had never been in one and I was just blown away, uh, you know, with all the different kinds there are, 
you know, this one will will put you, you know, get in the couch. This one will do this. This one will, this one has this much THC, this one, you know, whatever. And I was just blown away, like, you know, how many kinds there were and the potency. And so my question is like, which one would you use for, you know, for your therapy and stuff like that? This is the thing. It takes it. There's a learning curve and this is something Uh that's not really available yet. It's available a little bit, but you got to find it to understand what works for you personally, because everything is different. You know, right now out there, people hear about THC and CBD. That's all they hear about. But that's just the most two most basic compounds that have been studied. There's thousands of compounds and most notably all the other cannabinoids, terpenes that create on entourage effects that that can be used for focus can be used for anxiety can be used for sleep for pain so the thing is is you can't just be an uneducated person walk into a dispensary and just pick something off the shelf you need to be educate yourself first sure and then sometimes the people there will educate too but you have to start off slow and determine what you're trying to do like say you like what I find a lot, a lot of opioid addicts got hooked on opioid for pain. Mm-hmm. So they use cannabis for pain now. Now, a lot of cannabis users think off about, oh, my God, I would never smoke pot if I was in pain. It would make it 10 times as worse. I would be so paranoid. Yeah. Well, that's just somebody <laughs> who's unfamiliar with that substance that they're using they just they they might not know that strain they're not familiar with it you have to be familiar with all aspects of because it it is powerful i mean cannabinoids are powerful if to the person who's never used them and you have to know the effects you know i'll have one for pain i'll have one for sleep i'll have something for focus now that person i referred to who was the opioid addict who uses it for pain, we use a tremendous amount of a certain type to get rid of that pain. But that tremendous amount is all relative, you know, to who he's taking it or she, you know, another person taking that would just, it would, it would have a totally different effect. So for me to develop my therapy, and this is something I'm going to come out with commercially eventually to help educate, Mm -hmm. uh, is, you know, you have to have a plan and you have to start experimenting with products and there'll be a whole sort of flow chart of how, you know, what products are available. And then you also need consistency. You know, you need to be able to get products that are consistent. In the past, you, when you got weed or cannabis, you got whatever your dealer had. That's yeah. why you got stoned all the time. You got stoned. Stoned <laughs> is equivalent to intoxicated. I like to say that you get high. Yeah. You get high as you're elevating. You're uh, you're you're using it with intentional effects. Yeah. Now, if you get something that you don't know, if you just give me some mystery joint, yeah, and you don't tell me what it is, I will likely get stoned because I I'm not I don't have the expected effects. Yeah. In my mind, you get the effects from cannabis from one the, the plant, from two your mindset. Uh, and from three, the setting you're in. Yeah. So it's par- only partially the, the substance. This, uh, the rest is your mindset. Are you familiar, familiar with the effects that are about to happen? Have you done this before? Do you know, are you about to get sleepy or, about, or are you about to get uh, 
focused, you know? And then what's the setting? Are you with people? Are you by yourself? Are you par- Are you going to get paranoid because it smells? Right. You know, the paranoia and stuff comes from unfamiliarity. So it's this, it's this learning curve and it takes time and uh-huh. education that needs to be done. And this is what I call cannabis therapy, which is not being talked about. People talk about medical cannabis mm-hmm. and they talk about recreational cannabis. And like in New York, that's what we have. You either get a medical license or you have recreational, but you're not allowed to talk about therapeutic effects. Mm. You know what? The medical side's barely talking about the therapeutic effects, the more daily use, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah, it's they're all kind of merged. I mean, it's just, there's so little by the public out there because everybody thinks THC content. Yeah. It means nothing. That means nothing. Interesting. CBD, kind of nothing. It's what's mixed with it. Interesting. Do you remember? So, do you remember the days, like you know, when we were younger, you would just you know roll the dice and you'd go get, <laughs> you'd go get, what? you'd roll the dice, you know, and just go over to somebody's house and and uh, you know go, hey, I, can I get a, a dime bag or whatever yeah. it was, you know, and you just didn't, well, you mean, didn't even really know what it was, and you'd be like, well, because. Ah. <laughs> and in, in, in the rare chance that you had some somebody who had some consistent weed, yeah, then you can get used to that effects. But usually, it was just some old brown stuff that was compressed <laughs> yeah. and shipped from Mexico or something. Yeah, right. It made you kind of sleepy. And yeah. then there was the green stuff that they called hydro. <laughs> Somebody grew grew it inside, and it was yeah. probably local, and it was like not smush. Yeah, and that stuff was crazy, man. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now there's so much stuff that you can't, I mean, you really have to educate yourself. And if you're just starting out, start easy and, and read up and, and, you know, there's plenty of stuff out there. Are you, are you, but going, it can help, you know? Are you going into some type of, uh, like help business type thing or? Yeah. So I'm okay. trying to get, I'm on the waiting list for my micro business license in New York to uh-huh. start, uh, manufacturing product. Okay. And then I want to, combine the outdoors and the fishing wellness oh nice and maybe you know i it's hard enough to get sponsors sure. these days you know yeah and maybe fold the two in i'm trying to um more about cannabis media it's very selective now where you can promote and advertise cannabis there's uh-huh. very little being done there i want to be one of the first into that so I'm learning a lot about that and, and involved there, not only social media, but, you know, maybe television, who knows, you know, we'll mm-hmm. see, you know, it, once federally it's legal, everything will start changing. Mm-hmm. So right now it's a little funky with the state to state regulations, but yeah, I'll be do, doing something in New York state within the year. That's cool. I'm sure it'll be successful. I hope so. Yeah, man. But, you know, it'll be about educating, too. So I'm going to have yeah. to, like, I can, I can only say certain things. I can't say, oh, this sure. will help you sleep. I don't think you can say that in New York if you're on the recreational side. But <laughs> there'll be a lot of education, and I'll get around all that stupid rules. <laughs> when it, when it, it does help. When it comes to New York, um, are you seeing, like, uh, New York kind of staying the same, like, as far as, like, the, the people there? Or are you seeing it... Um, growing. What What are you seeing in New York? What do you mean? Like, is it New York City? Yeah. Like, is it is it um, 
is it changing or is it kind of um, just staying the same? More tourists. Yeah, more tourists. I would say more. Uh, it's just getting Manhattan is getting just more. Uh, you need more money every day and more. Uh-huh. You just need to. Uh, yeah, it just it's very expensive to live in Manhattan. More, it's more it's, the allure of Manhattan is for, for younger people and, and like uh. Brooklyn now they like to live Brooklyn Queens and it's just everyone's priced out of Manhattan really. Okay, um, that's what I've heard, man. I don't know anything about it, but I just heard it's expensive and. Nah, I have a rent stabilized apartment, so I you know nice. I have a, I you know I've been there for thirty years. Oh, you're stoked, man. That's that's good yeah. to have. Well, how many more uh, seasons are you going to keep going with uh, Lunkerville? Well, that's the thing. I mean, we haven't, uh, we haven't shot in a little while. Uh, we're redefining how we do the show. Yeah. What I've been doing the last couple seasons have been just re-edited from ah. the past 18 years. Uh-huh. And they were thematic. Each each show was thematic. Like this is how you, you know, this show's about bass fishing, and this show's about um, uh, ice fishing. You know, and then we would have three or four guests per episode. Nice. So that was a great opportunity to educate. Whereas the the shows every other year there was one guest per, per show. It was more about their adventure. Uh huh. So that's what we did for the last two seasons. That was to help ignite the Get Folks Fishing Foundation initiative. Yeah. Um, create awareness for that. And now, you know, we're looking for sponsors. I have some partnerships on social media. And I, yeah, I'll tell you the truth. What happened, we had one big sponsor for five years. That was our title sponsor, South Fence Sporting Goods. They sold very inexpensive tackle, the cheapest you could get. They were a great partner because they were, we could help our audience get equipped yeah. for very little money. And we helped elevate their brand from mm-hmm. just cheap tackle to affordable tackle that has a heritage, 100 year brand. Unfortunately, their parent company went bankrupt in 2017-18 and yeah so that that pulled the carpet from you know the rug from under our feet and uh, we lost that partnership so we haven't really recovered from that so for the last five years i've been kind of limping on television with reruns and recuts uh, filming some stuff yeah but we've been exploding on social media and that's been working great because I've, I've been able to, I have such a huge archive. I've been able to educate a whole new audience. You know, these people don't even know the show. That's awesome. <laughs> Most of the people on TikTok. So yeah. that's been good. And, and until I can get a partner to, you know, who wants to do more TV episodes, it'll just continue to exist as a media brand that will do mini series on television continue to produce social content yeah youtube and whatever wherever media brings us you know i wonder I, you know I'll fold in the cannabis initiative if i can <laughs> nice and, you know when when i can <laughs> i wonder Lunkerville 420 i wonder how many people have been turned on to fishing through you you know you and your short your show do you have any idea 
it's great. You know, you know, what's so cool is that it's, I don't really know the number. And so it was curious to me, like, are people really watching the show? Yeah. Yeah. You know, somebody's gotta be watching the show, but then again, what, what's been happening recently, like at trade shows, it's happened a few times is that somebody will come up to me and be like, Mike, I've been watching you since I was a kid. Oh, that's awesome. And I was like, Oh my God, it's that it's been on that long. This person is like a, an adult. They're in their they're in their late twenties or something, thirty, and they're like, yeah. "Watch since I was a kid." I'm like, "That feels so good, man." And they just awesome. give me that look. They give yeah. me that look, like, "Wow, I'm somebody." Yeah, and that's cool yeah. because they know my show's really it's innocent. It's about just getting people fishing. I'm not trying to act like a hot shot, sure, like a big shot. I'm not trying to be the, you know, the pro. Yeah, you know, it was born out of a different. Uh, place and, and i i will continue to nurture it as a yeah. brand i mean it was it was part-time for years and years only yeah. for the last six or seven years it was full-time so you know it'll continue to be part-time for now what a great feeling huh for somebody to come up and say that to you at a show oh man I mean, it's so rewarding. and i get that yeah and i get emails and stuff and yeah. posts and it's happened and you know i got a huge social media yeah. presence because we started on facebook early so we built over eight hundred thousand organic followers so that's people crazy. know the brand and yeah. you know that's awesome it's cool man it is cool well for so, for those people that don't know where to find you where can they find you i would go you know the first place i would go is the social media that's where we post mostly on tiktok which is at lunkerville okay uh instagram which is lunkerville tv Okay. And Facebook is Lunkerville. And if you want to watch full episodes of the show, it, uh, Prime Video, you can watch them. Okay. Waypoint TV. Yep. Okay. MOTV. Uh, uh, Fishing TV. Um, we'll, we air reruns on World Fishing Network. And when we come out with new shows, they usually premiere on Discovery Channel. Okay. But, but definitely follow us on social media. And we'll You'll have... Uh, all the content there, the short content. Nice. Well, Mike D, thank you, man. Thanks for being on my podcast. I, I learned a lot and uh, enjoyed talking to you, man. I love talking to other musicians and other creators like yourself. Musicians of karaoke in. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, thanks, man. You call me a musician. That's the first time ever. <laughs> hey, guy, I appreciate it. This is a blast, man. Yeah. Let's, let's chat again sometime. Yeah, man. If you're ever out in California, you know, let's go fishing, man. Right on. All right, buddy. We'll talk soon. All right. Okay. Take it easy. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. With everything going on in the world today, Right now can be the best time ever to diversify your retirement savings with precious metals like gold and silver. I just bought some precious metals myself and I got them from the top rated company, Gold Co. They couldn't have made the process easier and their customer service was impeccable. Gold Co. has helped thousands of people just like you and me place over 2.5 billion in gold and silver. They're rated A plus by Better Business Bureau. They've earned over 5,000 five-star reviews. They're a seven-time incorporated 5,000 winner. And that's just mentioning a few of their accomplishments. There's plenty more. Right now, for my listeners, they're offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver. You heard that right, up to $10,000 in bonus silver, but only while supplies last. 
Go to goldco.com slash guy to learn more. That's goldco.com slash guy. Diversify your savings with gold and silver today at goldco.com slash guy. It's a Guy Jeans podcast.